this is me. I think I can do this. And it was just that thought of, I hate what I'm doing. I've made the break. Oh my God, how am I going to pay the bills? I might as well do what I love. Because I realized that actually, I think I'm going to love this. And I say to people, if you can find something that half of you says, I'm going to love it. And half of you says, I think I can do this. I think that's half the battle. You know, I think you can mentally realize that you can find your way around the problems. And so I launched Join Up Dots and um, went with 365 episodes in a year. And it almost killed me. That's David Ralph. And I'm Brian Felchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hello, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day podcast. Okay, today's guest is a guy named David Ralph, and I don't like to read bios, but David's hilarious, and he's also really inspirational. Uh, I was on his show, Join Up Dots, a while ago, like pretty early on in my whole being on podcast kind of life. And uh, he was incredible. Like I I loved doing his show. I remember feeling like uh, jittery and stuff afterward because I just had such a charge from doing it. But he's hilarious. And I got to just read what he wrote because it's it's good stuff. Um, So here's the intro on David Ralph in his own words, because it's just good. Okay, David Ralph is an extremely attractive host of the top ranked online show Join Up Dots. Where in each episode, he takes his guests on a journey of discovery following the words of the late Steve Jobs. From birth to today and back again, David Ralph joins up the dots of his guests' lives, highlighting their failures and successes with more than a few laughs in between as he leads them to the time travel section, the Sermon on the Mic, where they have the chance to speak to their younger selves and share the advice that they have gained. This is a hugely powerful and inspirational show that has gained a massive audience in over 160 countries. And with its fun and quirky style is one that's fresh, unique, and inspiring. David's an ex-corporate trainer with a wife, five kids, a grandson, a cat, a snail that might actually be dead already. Who can tell? See, he's, uh, he's hilarious, slightly corny, but somehow funny nonetheless. Um, I'm really glad I got to know David uh, over the past year or so. I'm really glad he agreed to come on the show. He's great. And he's built quite a following out of some tough times, out of some uncertainty, out of some serious medical scares. And no one tells a story better than him. So let's jump right in. And uh, uh, he's, he's awesome. You're going to love this one. David, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show today. I'm really excited to have you on the other side of the mic for a change. I know it's interesting. It is one of those sort of things that you don't think when you start anything is going to occur. You would think, why do people find me interesting? Surely other people are the interesting people. But um, no, I, lo- I love doing this. So thank you so much, Brian, for letting me um, be in your, your glory for a while. Oh, fantastic. So, you know, I, you, you pull people's stories out of them in such a comfortable way. And that's something that, you know, I seek to do as well. But I want to I want to flip that around and give you a chance for your story to be pulled out. So, you know, for those who who uh, are familiar with you, you know, they they know they probably know a bit of your background and yeah. I'm guessing there's a little bit more to that. And one of the things I really want to talk about is you have this very successful podcast in the UK, but not just in the UK. You've got a global audience and it's very easy for people to look in on that. 
and say, you know, and, and hear you and hear your style and say, well, this is just who this guy is. You know, he's just naturally this effusive personality. He connects with people. Of course, he's got the successful show. But it's not that simple. And it, you know, just being this kind of personality doesn't mean you're naturally going to fall into success from day one. So I want you to take us back. And this is, you weren't born with a successful podcast show. So what is the backstory for David Ralph? Like what brought you to this point of success? And I, I want to figure out where were the struggles and how is it that you overcame them? Well, it's an interesting story, Brian. And it's an interesting story to me because over the last few years, people have asked me that and I've kind of told them parts until later on, I've sort of dug down deeper and I thought to myself, Oh, I forgot that. that. That's part of my dots. Now, just to give you a sort of summary of my show, my show is called Join Up Dots, which means basically that every part of your life where you get to somewhere has already been learned. You've lived a series of dots that have led you to where you are. And mine leading up to podcast host, funnily enough, can go back to about the time of six years old. Now, I had totally forgotten this, but when I was six years old, I had got a little tape recorder, a cassette recorder, and if, if the kids out there don't know what a cassette recorder is, ask your mum and dad or probably your granddad now. But it was like these little sort of tape things that you could record on and you put it in and you could make your own like little audio shows. And at the age of about six, I remember going round. And why my mum and dad let me go off and do this, I have no idea. But I went and interviewed the vicar. And I interviewed a, a bank manager and a butcher. And I went around local shops with my tape recorder and said, hello, could I interview you? And I'd ask questions like, if you weren't a butcher, what would you like to be? And if you wasn't a bank manager, very sort of naive. Now, I totally forgot about that until we were clearing out my mum's attic, her loft, as we say over here. And I found these box of tapes and I thought, oh, what's this? Put them on. And it just took me back. It just took me back to these days. And and so my life to where I am now has been a series of dots that has led me up to being behind the microphone. But it was almost a natural fit right from the early days. And I think where it comes to, I've got a natural ability to talk, which has been my whole career. But I've got a deep interest in other people. I'm more interested in other people than myself. And so that's where it's led. So it's not a natural fit as such, because you've got to tone your skills, you've got to fine tune yourself. But certainly, looking back I can see how the dots have led up to this point through the tape recording through doing stand-up training doing courses all those kind of things that led me to when I turned on the microphone it wasn't a natural I, I, I'm, if you listen to my first show I'm not like I am now but it wasn't too far away that's really interesting so when I said you weren't born into it I was kind of wrong wasn't quite birth, but not that long after. Yeah, you, it wasn't you, too far off. Yeah, yeah, so your dot started started that plotted course, um, maybe a bit unknowingly, but isn't that how some of the best things end up working out anyway? And the interesting thing with that, Brian, is I can look back and the amount of times people have said to me over my life, ah, oh, you should be on radio, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. Mm. And I used to think, ah, oh, yeah, you know. And I remember actually writing off to a radio station once saying, I want to be a presenter. And they came back and said, no, we're not interested. And now I kind of almost feel like writing back to them and going, I'm not only a presenter, but I've got a global show. So, you know, so up yours kind of thing. Because... <laughs> 
technology now allows you to have anything you want if you're willing to put your efforts into it, you know, and I think that that is a message that's got to be shown across, you know, you'll do a day, yeah, do a day, but be aware that you don't just have to do what they were doing yesterday. You can do what they're doing tomorrow and in the future. Technology is just the, the, the open doors to sort of a possibility you can't imagine. Yeah, that, that is so well said. And you know what it is, is technology and, and the way that everything's sort of become democratized, it's taken away the external barriers. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I was putting out my book, if this was 15 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, I would, you know, I need to find an agent and get a publisher and all that. Now, if you want to put out a book, you can just put out a book and it actually doesn't even have to cost you a dime if you really want to do it on the cheap. So, you know, it's the same thing with music. If you want to produce your own music, you can put it on the iTunes store or Google Play or or just put it out there for free. And, you know, there's no you don't need a recording contract from a big record label. And, you know, you may have different levels of success depending on the quality of it and the message and your platform and all that. But the external barriers to getting out there and doing what you actually want to do have almost completely been removed across pretty much everything people dream about yeah except for sport i think sport is where yeah yeah there's a physicality that comes into it but everything that involves us sitting on our bottoms and clicking a mouse i think you know it's it's open door territory as i said yeah if you want to create you can just create now Mm. it's that simple and that's exciting isn't it and that excites me just hearing you say that so while the external barriers have come down the internal ones that's on us and, yes. and, and that's what you're, you know, that's what you're saying is if you want to do that, you, you can do that now. Technology has allowed you to do that, but for yourself. So what, take me to that moment. You know, you said you listen to these tapes. Um, I grew up with cassettes as well as just sort of on the, the tail end of eight tracks, but not <laughs> enough to remember. Um, so I, I know that I was explaining some of these things to my son who's nine years old and he, he just like his eyes opened up. He's like, you, you didn't have cell phones then? You didn't like forget cell phones. Like, you know, we, we had cords on our phones. We almost had that little round dial and you had to wait for the thing to reset to zero to go to the next number. But I still don't have the cell phone now, Brian. I, I mean, the, the rare commodity of not actually having a phone in my life. Wow. That blows me away, especially because your platform is technology based. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, good for you. So when, when you're telling people to subscribe to a podcast and listen on their device, you, you're not doing the same then. Or you do no, it on your computer? No. Yeah, I, I, I basically, I sit at my computer, I have a recording studio, and then when I walk away from it, that's it. I don't have a laptop, I don't have anything. I just basically turn it off and that's that's it. I just wow. go and think about things. That uh, That is the way that we all should be. I mean, that's like, we, you know, that, that's why people's necks are all messed up now from constantly looking down and we bump into yeah. phone poles and other people. Um. So I want to go back to, you know, it wasn't as simple as finding those tapes and remembering and saying, hey, you know, I did want to do that. What what was the struggle? Because you had a full-time job. You know, take me through that path and where were you at that point? And that, you know, to get to where you are was not simply you started recording. And, and even if the first few episodes you weren't who you are now, it still wasn't that simple. So what what was the struggle and how did you get through it? 
I think the struggle was an internal struggle more than anything. I was great at telling people what to do. I used to call it my motivation rocket. So I could talk to anyone in the office and I'd go, oh, you could go and get that job. Go on, go and get it. And you do well. And people would go and get these jobs. And I would write their resumes for them and they would get, you know, huge salary increases. And everybody was doing really well except for me. And I was just kind of like plodding along. Um, and one day I had a conversation with a guy and I said to him, oh, you can do that. You know, that you'll be brilliant at it. You'll be amazing. And I walked back to my desk and I did about six steps and I thought to myself, that's the last time I say that to anyone unless I'm doing it myself. But how that's did the that last hit time. You? Yeah. And it, it, why then though? Like what was it that made you realize it for yourself? I think it was a, a kind of coiled spring. You know, when you're building up, you're building up and naturally the geezer suddenly bursts forth. And I remember just sitting there and the energy went out of me. I just felt like I was at the end. And that was a difficult point because it's all right being at the end of something, but what was the new bit? And I didn't know what the new bit was. I had no idea I was going to end up being a podcaster. I'd, in, at that time, I wasn't even listening to podcasts one in, once in a blue moon I, I would listen to one just to pass some time in the office because I was bored and there's a lot of things in life where people say and I play it on my show every day where Jim Carrey says you might as well go out and do the thing you love um, and I totally believe in that but the hard bit is finding the thing that you love and once you do find it, it's almost like, oh, God, this was so obvious. It was there all the time. So there was a big journey from that conversation across. But where it finally joins up as well, Brian, is I, for many times, I said that I had a manager that came into the office, but I didn't see eye to eye, nose to nose. Boom, and it was just a sort of dreadful time. And so I got more and more unhappy. And this manager just kind of reined me in. And up to that point, I'd been doing the same job for 10 years. I knew it inside out. People just said to me, can you do that? I'd go, yeah, no problem. I'd do it on Wednesday. And then she started micromanaging me. Um, and I kept on saying to people, that was the moment. That was the moment. But I think if I step back a bit, because I was a trainer in the office, and when I started, there was 10 people. And when I left, there was about 500 people. I was the only trainer. And I got to a point where they were saying, could you do these courses over here? And I was saying, well, you've got to wait two weeks. No, we need it done now. And I just couldn't. So I started making these little, all what turned out to be podcasts, basically, and people could sit at their desks with headphones, link in, and then listen to me. And then I made these little videos. And so when I came to become a podcaster, I'd already got the skills. I already knew how to do it, even though it hadn't crossed my mind. But actually what I was doing was creating a scalable business. I was multiplying myself across the business. And so that was my sort of dots. It was that conversation when the guy said that to me and it just all went out of me the energy but then when I decided to be a podcaster I thought I know how to do this you know I've already been doing this and then it was just a case of setting it up and going for it did you do it full bore or was it a side hustle for a while how did you actually get into it what I did stupidly, and um, I, I, I never go for the leap of faith. I don't think anyone should do the leap of faith. Um, I say do the slide of faith. And so what I'd been doing, I'd been building a website called WhatsApp Florida Keys. And it's a holiday website and it's out there now. And I had got to a certain point where that was bringing X amount of 
dollars a month. And uh, it, it was all right. It was covering all the bills. So when I came to leave, I thought to myself, I'll be a website designer. That's what I do. You know, I can get local businesses and I could do that. Now, I did it for three days and realized I hated it. It was all right when it was a hobby, just sort of uh, bodging around and clicking things and making things up. But when I was thinking, this is what my life is going to be, you know, this is terrible. Um, and I was so lonely in the house as well because there wasn't anyone to talk to. And I suddenly realized I missed the social aspect. I turned on um, a podcast. I thought, oh, that's like somebody talking. And I listened to three back to back and I thought, I'm going to do this. This is me. I think I can do this. And it was just that thought of, I hate what I'm doing. I've made the break. Oh my God, how am I going to pay the bills? I might as well do what I love. And that was when the Jim Carrey speech came to me because I realized that actually I think I'm going to love this. And I say to people, if you can find something that half of you says, I'm going to love it. And half of you says, I think I can do this. I think that's half the battle. You know, I think you can mentally realize that you can find your way around the problems. And so I launched Join Up Dots and um, went with 365 episodes in a year. And wow. it almost killed me, Brian. Yeah. That, that is a, that's a huge effort. And I'm sure people who listen don't fully appreciate, you know, for an hour of audio or, or however long, how much work it actually takes to get to that. That is a ton of effort nonstop. And where the ton of effort is, and this is where I was so naive, I benched myself on certain podcasters around the world and I thought, I'm going to beat you and I'm a quite competitive guy. But it never dawned on me that these people that were saying how you can do podcasting for a living actually had teams behind them. You know, you just hear the voice and you think it's just them. So when I set off, it was just me and it's still me to this day. Um, and it was the promotion. It was the... Uh, the editing became faster and faster and faster. I do it live as you was on the show. I play the sound clips. And so that's really easy. But it was all the promotion and stuff. And I was literally doing 20 hours a day, getting more and more tired. People were saying to me, oh, David, look at you. You look terrible. You look terrible. Um, and then I turned on the microphone and good morning, everybody. And everything was all personal, you know, and, and positive. Uh, and behind the scenes, I was really going through a dark phase, leading me to a point where my hair all started to fall out my cholesterol went through the roof and uh, I realized now looking back on it I had burnout twice and I never knew what burnout was people just sort of said oh it's burnout um, and I kind of thought burnout was like a mental breakdown where you just sit there rocking in your dressing gown without opening the curtains but now I realize it's far more subtle than that and um, I had to fight my way through mentally and physically to get to the point where I could get back and enjoy it again because it just became a, a grind, but I was still doing it and you wouldn't have heard it really on the show. I was still being as positive as possible because I believe that's what you should do. But behind the scenes, totally different story, Brian. Was that, was that a mindless thing or was that you were so intent on where you're heading that you pushed yourself through it? Cause I, I see both of those things out there. I see people who they wake up and they, you know, for those who have smartphones and it's like their job becomes 24 seven and it's just this constant, I call it being an employee of your life. Like you're just sort of mindlessly yeah. working your way through doing so much versus, you know, what, what I've certainly experienced with promoting the book and it, it is, it's a full on thing and it's exhausting. It, it's amazing. And I love getting my message out there and I'm on when I'm on, 
But when the mic goes off or when, you know, I hit the sack, I used to be a terrible sleeper. If I'm laying down, <laughs> probably within literally like at best two or three minutes, I might struggle for about 15, but I'm out because I'm so wiped out. And it's not yeah. because I'm doing this mindlessly. It's because I'm sh I'm sh pushing myself so unbelievably hard. So which which camp did you fall into? Did you not even realize what was going on? Or you just, I just have to push through. I just have to get this done. Yeah, I, what I didn't realize, and once again, I'm a totally different person now, and I think it's a great thing I've been through, even though it was terrible at the time. But what I didn't realize, I came from a corporate world where you would outwork your competition. And so you could actually go, right, okay, I'm going to get this done. I'm not going to leave by the end of the day. And then you'd, you'd walk away and the job was done. And I've always been a hard worker. I believe in getting there first, getting it done and not leaving until it's done. In entrepreneur world, you have got upskilling. And that's the bit that's the killer. You know, you might be at your desk for eight hours a day and actually get nothing done. So the next day, you're trying to sort of catch up on that and still learn and everything is new. And when you're trying to build an online course, you've got to learn how to do it and how you do this and how you do that. That's what I didn't equate to. I just felt that I could outwork everyone. But now I realize that actually, no, you've got to get some kind of strategy in here. You've got to block out a day for upskilling, a day for work and not trying to do everything um, and I literally was doing 20 hours a day and and sleeping you know like the dead for four hours and then getting up again and going for it um, and it's, it's it's amazing really that I did manage to create something that took on teams and I was having a conversation with a lady yesterday and she said you don't realize you don't realize what you've achieved and I kind of go yeah I do know what I've achieved but you know because you're in that wood all the trees around you. you you've got to sort of get on a drone and fly up high so you can look down on it sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees and um, i think i'm still a bit in that stage now that people keep on saying to me oh you know this is amazing that's amazing i kind of go yeah i suppose it is really but you know it's just what i do um and so that's what i did i made the mistake of outworking but upskilling at the same time mm. and you just can't do it yeah it is i mean it, it is amazing to me as I look at our interaction when I was a guest on your show and similar shows I've been on or actually shows with maybe a third the reach that you have, if that, and there's like three people working on it. Plus, I don't even see, you know, are they outsourcing the editing to a service, the transcript, the social media? You know, I don't see any of that. I, I deal with the booking person and, you know, maybe the, the PR social social media person, something like that. Um, it, it is amazing to me that it's just you. And I, I didn't really stop and think about that until you just mentioned it, that uh, people who aren't in the space wouldn't know. But that is very rare to be at that level as a one-man show. That's a, mm. it, it is a huge bit to take on. So how long ago was all this? Was this burnout period? And how have you recreated things? Right. Okay. It started about August last year and I just started to feel really crap. That's the only way I can describe it. I just felt like, you know, just like I'd sit at my desk and I could almost just fall asleep, which isn't like me. And my wife was saying to me, well, you shouldn't be like that. You know, you're sleeping at night. And I was going, yeah, I know, but I just feel really tired. I feel like I just could sort of nap at any time of the day. Um, and so as, as a man, as we never do, we don't go to the doctors. But finally, I said I'd go to the doctors. And the doctor said to me, you're suffering from depression. And I went, no, I'm not. 
you know, I know what depression is, but of course you don't. You don't know what depression is um, until you sort of actually get diagnosed with it. So he did test and my cholesterol was like six weeks to heart attack or stroke. So that was a bit of a panic. And um, so suddenly I had to add daily walks into my routine and go on a low fat diet and sort of bring it all down. Um, And then my hair started falling out big time at the top. And I remember looking back on it now. And the only thing that I could describe it was I felt like I had electricity running through me. I actually felt like I was tingling where the stress was so high in me because I was trying to do everything and unfortunately we've got a family business um, my mum and dad have got a business that was going down the toilet so I had to step in and help them there so I was doing that and I was doing the show and I was doing everything and you know one man can't do it all um, and so I hit a peak when on probably January last year I was driving along and for just about 13 seconds I thought to myself I could go and kill myself and nobody would care and I just had this thought that goes through me and I've never had that I've never been remotely like that and I thought to myself blimey hang on this isn't good I've really got to look at this I've really got to look at this so what I did I came back and I didn't take any tablets and stuff I just mentally started to get rid of everything that I was doing that didn't need to be done and in the online world you feel like you've got to provide value here value there and and be doing blog posts and podcasts and all that kind of stuff and I had communities I was running and I just said to them guys I'm going under here. You know, I need a break. I need to sort of get away. Um, play, play amongst yourselves because this is it. I've, I've gone. And um, I got more feedback from the people because of that. And I think it's become stronger because of that. And then I went back every now and again and sort of sent in a video and they were going, oh, you, you, you're looking better, mate. We were worried about you. But it, people don't say that to you because people don't want to be rude. People don't ever want to say. And especially when you've got a, an online show that's doing so well, people think you've got together but you haven't you're just making it up as you go along you know you might look like it which is one of the reasons why i don't really ever go onto facebook anymore i stopped all that because i got fed up with the comparisons and seeing what other people were telling me they were doing and that's what i did i just closed down everything i found what i needed to do on a daily basis and did more of it and funnily enough because of that i've hit the sweet spot and the sweet spot means now that my whole show and i know you're going to find this amazing brian my whole show recording editing promotion and blah 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 blah, is three days a month and i don't do i I literally don't turn on the microphone other than those three days a month and that is join up dots it is an absolute swing it's my i swing and i hit home runs all the time because all i'm doing is what i need to do i um but you just wiped my brain clear when you said three the next thing i'm expecting here is hours per episode I'm no, I, I on a Thursday, I record seven episodes on a Thursday. I start at eight o'clock in the morning and I do an hour episode and then an hour episode and I've just got them blocked in, blocked in, blocked in. And I give myself about 15 minutes in between to produce and edit it and get it all online. So by the time the next person comes along, it's all done. It's uploaded. It's ready to go. Um, and then the next person comes along. So when I leave my office on the end of the Thursday, I literally can't talk. I just slump yeah. into my bed and that's it. Because it sounds like you're just having a chat, but you're so mentally 
subtly on that every time somebody talks, you, you've really got to hear the nuances so you can ask a good, good question and stuff. And it's the most tiring thing I do. But as I say to people, I only do it three days a month. And they go, three days a month? What do you do for the rest of it? I go, I don't, don't, I just don't turn on the computer anymore. Um, and that's where I got my life back in track. Um, and as we say in my show, Join Up Dots, when you get far enough away from your bad dots, your black dots, you realize they were the good ones. They might have been terrible at the time, but you look back. You know, I remember you telling me that story, I think, about donuts when you had a breakdown about donuts. Um, and it was you, wasn't it, Brian? I'm trying to, I, I love donuts, so it's very possible. Um, when, when you, you were telling me you went in to get a donut and they didn't have one and you, you went off on the deep end and stuff and, and no, just, just had... No, I would have just eaten a different one or three of a different one to make up for it. I'm going to play back. I'm going to play back that episode. There was definitely something that you said that stuck with me. Um, but it was just when you are acting in ways that just aren't you. That's yeah. when I would say to people, you've got to look at yourself. And I, I literally, I could have sat there and watched any film and just burst into tears. I could have had anyone just ask me a question. I could burst into tears. And that's what I would say is the first stage of burnout. Yeah. When you're, you're acting in a, a way that's not you. And I, I grew up in the 70s in the United Kingdom. You know, that's not you. You know, I'm a man for God's sake. I don't burst into tears, but I used to say to my wife, don't be mean to me today, you yeah. know, and You're just that I just, close. Yeah. yeah, I was just on the edge all the time, just on the edge. I could just feel it just there that, that I was going to be a blubber. Um, and I, I don't like to be like that. Yeah. If it makes you feel better, I think I know the story you're referring to. It was a hot dog. Hot dog. It was, it was that a was hot it. dog for my son. Yeah. I'm like, See, when you say donuts, then then the mind just focuses on donuts, and I can't <laughs> see other possibilities. Yeah, they they messed up the order, and I mean, yes. it was like everything, and it was taking forever, and I got really angry about it, like fuming. And here I am, the guy who's walking around preaching about attitude and doing better, and you know, not taking these things so intensely, and. I, it it hit me on the ride home as I, you know, that electric feeling that you're talking about. <laughs> I was feeling, I was, you know, but fuming mad over what? And when I got home, my wife was like, you know, this wasn't right. You should have gotten this instead. And, and I was like, don't even, you know, don't even come down on me for this. You don't know what I've been through. It's like, what I've been through? <laughs> it's a hot dog. There's broccoli yeah. on the side. Like what, what I've been through. So yeah, you, you get to these points where you're so, you've allowed it. And, and that's the reality is we blame everything else. It's like, oh, but you know, I have to pay the bill. So I have to do these things. Or my boss made this happen or, or that person yelled at me. We blame everything else, but actually we let it happen. You know, you, you were so striving for what you're trying to achieve. And you're absolutely right with, with an internet business, especially when it's a personality based internet business, you, there is no end to all of the things you can do you know, according to all the webinars and, and everything out there that you have to do this to make yourself better. And you just have to read this or watch this video or sign up for this course or join this Facebook group. It's this constant draw for more. And the more you chase it, the more you chase it. So if you don't grab hold of it and, you know, it's fantastic that you saw that it's unfortunate it took that amount of pain, but sometimes we need that. You know, sometimes we need those, like you said, those, those black dots, we need those worst moments because they end up teaching us what we could, what we weren't able to learn otherwise. 
Yeah. And, and what I would say to your listeners, Brian, is when they are creating their own dreams and stuff, don't look at what other people are doing. Just try to be a category of one. And one of my guests said that to me. He said, I don't look at what anyone else is doing. There's enough people in the world to connect with me without me worrying about what they're doing. It's total abundance. So all I do is I try to be a category of one. I try to win the game that I'm doing. And I thought that's brilliant advice. And so with Join Up Dots, my podcast, I used to be wanting to get, you know, a a world dominating audience. I don't really care now. Yes, it would still be nice, but it's going up by, you know, five to six thousand a month. It's just going up and up and up. Um, And I would much rather have a much smaller audience that is pleasurable for me than actually kill myself by taking on competition that don't even care. You know, I was aiming to beat people that wouldn't even know who I was. And more often than not, they can't tell that you're beating them. That's the thing. It's just stupid. And on all the charts and all the algorithms, all the podcast things, they're so wonky. They just go up and down and you, you can't ever tell what people are doing other than what they tell you. So just become a category of one and try to win your own game. I love that. I really love that because that is, I think, at the heart of why a lot of us struggle, either because we're striving to do better than someone else, even even ourselves. So there's nothing wrong with wanting to be better every day. But when you go past the point of just, you know, seeking to do better and, and raise yourself up versus beating yourself up about it, that, you know, what yesterday I did so much better. Why am I failing today? Or, or beating yourself up for the failure of yesterday and living today in that failure. I mean, this, I'm, I'm rehashing do a day, but that's, that's the point is we're comparing ourselves and then passing judgment and actually let that go and just do what you want to do in the best way you can do at this moment. You know, good day, bad day, these things happen. It's all a question of how you respond to them. Yeah, as long as you're providing value to your your tribe, whatever it is, but you're providing value to yourself as well. I think that is the, the game that you can win. And nobody le- leads their company job to then create a 100-hour um, horror for themselves, but we all seem to do it. We yeah. all seem to leave the company because we want to spend more time with our kids and we want to see the school plays and all that. And... Um, I think we all screw up. I think we all screw up because I think we go into it not because of ourselves. It's because what other people want from us. And more often than not, they don't ask us anyway. We just kind of expect them to want it. So we try to do more and more. Yeah, well said. Absolutely. Um, And it it is interesting because that's exactly what happened to you. You know, that was the path. You were in a situation where you knew you had to change because it wasn't aligned to what you actually wanted to be doing. And, and you went through that a couple of times, you know, first with the web business and realizing, I think that's really interesting because people are, are talking about the side hustle. Like that's such a, a buzzword and everyone, you know, you, you got to have a side hustle and it's such a great thing. And maybe that'll turn into your, your full-time job or your, I don't know, main hustle. It's a <laughs> word, but, um, but sometimes actually it's places on the side and that's a good thing. It's an outlet. And if it were to be more than that, it wouldn't work anymore. You know, and that, yeah. so you got to experience that firsthand. Some things are made to be made to be on the side. Yeah, it's, it's like my, my holiday site that I've got. Um, as I mentioned earlier, what's that Florida Keys? Um, I kind of built that as a hobby 
And one of the mistakes I kind of made was, and I, I see this, people connect with me and they say, oh, I had a business, but I wasn't making enough sales. And I say to them, but you were making sales. So make those sales more. You know, if I had a business that wasn't getting anything, then I think, okay, maybe it's the wrong business. But if you're getting a certain amount of sales, connect with the people, ask them how they found you and why did they buy it and do more of that. Just find your sweet spot. So with my um, Florida site, I kind of built it to a point and then left it dormant. And I left it dormant for about three, four years. Now, the brilliant thing about these things is they kind of naturally grow themselves. And the more people that click on them, they get pushed up through the ranks and stuff. Um, But I could have made it so much easier for myself from not changing direction like I did two or three times. But actually, actually just carried on working on that and people say focus follow one course until success i'm a total believer in that now and i think join up dots is potentially the first thing that i haven't deviated from and we're coming up to four years in april and it's just getting better and better and stronger and just to sort of like paraphrase a guest that had um i had on the show he said to me everybody says you know you've got to start building the foundations and he said but actually before you build the foundation you've got to build a bigger hole you know everybody has these foundations as like a flat base that they start from but you've actually got to go backwards and you've got to dig deep and that is not only in your business that's in yourself you've got to dig down to find out what is right so that when you start building upwards it's the right thing for you and unfortunately people don't do that they start from that level sort of playing field and move upwards and then find out that they're building the wrong the wrong sort of skyscraper and then start again and then start again again where if you were building a house you would do it right in the first place yeah they're building it on marshland and then they wonder why it's sinking absolutely because they haven't dug down and really made it firm before they start building upwards yeah and i think people are scared to do it because there's stuff in there that they need to unpack that subconsciously they're probably aware of it even though on the surface they may not be yeah and they're sort of fooling themselves in their life every day it's interesting, isn't it? Because, as you say, we've all got a story within us. And most of us will rewrite that story to fit. And it's only when you hit the real bad times that the real story comes out. And you realize that if you were more focused on that real story, a lot of the answers to your problems were already there. We'd already learned the solutions. But we kind of, I don't know why we do that. We, we, we rewrite history all the time. And it's only when you have a moment and you actually assess. As I said at the beginning, I always said it was the manager that caused me to quit. Now I realize there was about five or six steps before that that led me to quit. But I hadn't sort of equated it. And they were the important ones that had helped me more from now on you know if somebody wrote a diary which i never did i think that would be a great thing to do now to look back and actually almost see the goals and the achievements that are setting you to where you are now yeah that that's the kind of thing in hindsight i think a lot of people if they get over um, at least for men feeling like that's something for teenage girls yeah um actually to see your thoughts back in the day and to understand, like, it gives you insight into that journey where the real, the things that you need to unpack and you need to dig up are to get in touch with how you felt back then. So you, you do something on your show that puts the guest right back in that moment when they're a child. And you, know, you ask them, what would you say? You know, you're right there in front of yourself when you were, I don't, you usually give an age, right? I think for me, it yes. was like, it was tied to the story I gave you. So it was like right when I was going through the, my parents' divorce as a little kid 
and how, and before, before the negative stuff started to happen for how I was living my life. So it was like when I was still malleable, you know, I was still, I could be influenced in either direction and, and the divorce and things going on in my family are what took me down the path to, you know, gain weight and the anxiety and depression and all that. So you, you take people back to that moment. We don't necessarily understand when we're in these moments, but even just to add the color and context to be able to reflect back on, I think would be so powerful. And I bet if I were to look back at, you know, whatever chicken scratch crayon based writing I would have been writing at age five or six, mm. there's, I probably would read. I mean, I know if I read something from my son, I would look at it and say like, oh, you can see why he was upset about this. Or do you remember what was going on then? You can feel it in the tone of the words. You can feel it in what they're choosing. I mean, you know, people look at childhood pictures and you can see that the kids who were upset, their pictures are different. So, you know, there's, even if they're not saying it all explicitly, you can see it under the surface. And wouldn't it be so much more powerful to have that sort of narrative to go back throughout your, your days and, and understand where the dots are? And the true strength of everything is what you did up to the age of five. I think by, by the time you get to five, you are an active example of what you should be doing for the rest of your life. Unfortunately, you go into the education system and it gets chipped away from you. And then you start seeing, you know, kids that wanted to be rocket scientists and astronauts and stuff, just wanting to come out with a job. That's all I can hope yeah. for. Yeah. And um, I think that at the end of my show, I always say, you know, I believe that by joining up the dots and connecting our past is the best way to build our futures. And I think that. I think that if you could go back right to the early age and see yourself and see what you were doing just for fun, you would be thinking, oh, God, you know, I'm an author now. And I remember laying on my bed writing stories and, and enjoying myself as I can look back and see myself going around with that little tape recorder sort uh. of interviewing people. I think that you lose your way through the education system. Then you come out and, oh, you can't just play for the rest of your life, Brian. You need to, you know, be serious. I play every day now this is my life it's you know yeah. what i'm doing now is just fun and it's enjoyable and it's valuable as well so i would like to go back to my teachers and go yeah you may not want to play mate but i'm going to play and i'm going to be very successful because of it you know i think it, it touches into that your natural talents your natural strength the flow when you lose hours of your life because you just love doing it and that all goes back to sort of a five-year-old when the days went on forever and you just sort of ran around and enjoyed yourself yeah we we were possibility then we had yeah. you know responsibility and structure and and limits hadn't been placed on us yet um yeah that's there's an exercise i'm actually doing it with my employees uh next week which we'll see we'll see if uh, if they enjoy it or not i've done it before and i think it's great but you get some ridiculous constraint put on you and you have to come up with possibilities and it's something it's an exercise that's done with people of various ages is often done in like corporate, you know, retreats and things like that. So I've got my whole team together and you can do the, the way I've done is either with popcorn or with wire hangers that you hang clothes on. And the constraint is, you know, the, the powers that be have decided this can no longer be used for its purpose. So popcorn is no longer um, able to be eaten by humans. It's, it's super deadly. People can't eat it anymore or wire hangers. You can't use them to hang clothes anymore. I don't, you know, I don't know why that is, but let's just say that's, that's the case. And you're a manufacturer of these things. So you're a popcorn maker and you've got warehouses full of popcorn. 
what do you do? Do you close up shop and go out of business and declare bankruptcy? Or do you find another use for it? So that's the task at hand is come up with as many other uses for popcorn or, you know, alternatively wire hangers as you possibly can. And the research studies based on, on age ranges, how many, uh, how many ideas people come up with on average. And I, I don't remember the stats off the top of my head. I have to refresh myself before I get in front of my team. But for people over the age of, I think it's like 14, the average is, I think, five or six ideas. And for popcorn, it's, it's probably what most of the people listening are thinking of. Well, you can use it in, uh, like packing material to, to, yeah. you know, instead of packing peanuts or bubble, um, bubble wrap, it's called dunning. So you can use it for that. Maybe you can use it as insulation in your walls. Um, yep. you can glue it to construction paper to make paintings or pictures. And, you know, maybe one or two other things like stuff it in the bottom of shoes in place of the little air bubbles and Nikes or something. You get a popcorn power. Like what it's, it's all about squishiness or, but it's, it's so few opportunities or options to use it for. And then you look at kids under the age of, I don't know where the break is, maybe seven years old. And they come up with something like 29 ideas. And it's things like you could power rockets with it. You could, you know, it's like you could build buildings with it. It's just like, what? You can't power a rocket with, with a, with a bag of popcorn. It's like, well, wait a second. Why can't you? Yeah. Why have you just, because it's never been done. And you, you know, it's the same thing. Roger Bannister breaking through the four minute mile, which everyone said was physically impossible. And as soon as he, and so no one did it for, you know, forever, literally. And then he broke through it. And within, again, I forget the stats I've written about this. I should know, but it was like within months it had been broken. His record was broken. And then that one was broken. And it just started like every few weeks or months, someone else broke through the existing record. Because someone proved that the constraints we were all living with were wrong. And then it goes right back to possibility again. Well, I, I was reading something the other day, which blew my mind, and I still can't understand it now. James Cameron is making Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5 or something. He's doing about four of them. Yeah. And he's making them to be 3D without having to wear glasses. And I thought, how do you do that? I just can't even fathom because my whole brain knows that you've got to sit there in a, in a cinema with those stupid glasses on every now and again, taking them off just to see if the screen looks different. That's what I always do. Yes. Um, but, but he seems to actually think that he can do it so that it, we just go in there and it's 3D. And I'm thinking, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And he's I mean, he's built a whole company to do that. And that's really interesting. Yeah, I agree. And, and I kind of I think I'm going to miss the glasses. Because <laughs> I want to, and you hold your hand up in front and you see, oh, it's red on this side. No, now it's blue. You close yeah. one eye. Yeah. No, it, it is, it is really interesting. So I want to just hit on your future and your possibilities. So you have this show. It's growing, it's growing by more per month than most shows have full stop. Yeah. So it continues to thrive. And so I don't want to just presume there's got to be something else, but. What is the path? And, and maybe you haven't thought of it. And it's like, well, I'm enjoying this. It's having an impact. This is aligned with my purpose. So I'm going to do this until those things aren't true. Tell me what's, where do you see all this going for you? 
Well, I'll tell you exactly where I see it going. At the moment, it's all me. Um, But what I'm building at the moment is a brand new way that people will be channeled through avenues of interest through Join Up Dots. So it's very eclectic. Um, So it's very motivational and hopefully it will inspire people to do great stuff. And so we are building something called Dream Starters Academy, which is the first stage. It's going to be totally free. It's already out there. And I I I targeted it and piloted it a few years ago years ago and that was one of the things I had to stop Um, and that is very much where you can come on a daily basis there's going to be videos there's going to be me there it's going to be like join up dots tv Um, and people can just sort of hang around motivational people and then there's going to be six potential businesses that we're going to teach you how to build and it's not just going to be me it's going to be guests of join up dots so if somebody has really built a good coaching business and that has struggled you can go through to them Um, if you want to do something based on adventure you could go through to them so we're building that at the moment I've got it planned out and I'm aiming whether it occurs this year next year or whatever um, I don't really care but I can see a strategy to make it six million a year as um, as a sort of income stream as a minimum Um, and I've spoken to so many people about it and I've gone this is amazing you know how are you going to do this and I go well I don't actually know at the moment so I'm just and it doesn't matter. Do one thing. No, it doesn't matter. And so the, the first thing that I'm doing, um, or I did, was I deleted every email that I had on my email list because people would say, oh, it's the power of your list. It's the power of your list. And I had about 12,500 people sitting on there and I didn't know how to communicate with them because it was just in a big bucket. It was everyone was coming in. So now I'm going to have people coming through that are telling me I'm interested in creating a travel business and I'm interested in podcasting casting. So my marketing is going to be easier because they're already telling me what they want. So that's what we're doing. So I'm clearing the decks again, making sure that everything is free to move forward instead of trying to keep what I've got and ram it in holes. Um, I'm not that precious about it. So that's what we're doing. So that's where it's taking me. Um, And it will be a case that um, I'm going to have a team of such, but actually I'm I will be the facilitator. You know, I'm going to be the head of it. I'm going to be the the voice. I'm going to be the sort of the the visual aspect. And I'm going to play every day, Brian. I'm going to create joinup.tv. I'm going to create more of the podcast episodes. And, um, and to sort of leave the, the message I say to myself every single day is it doesn't matter if you've done a thousand episodes of something and you haven't got to where you want to be. If you want to be a podcaster, you've got to do a hundred thousand episodes. You know, that's your job. It doesn't matter. You know, and I see so many people do 30 episodes and they stop because they're not getting up. the momentum. Yeah. yeah. I just think to myself, okay, I'm coming up a thousand now. I, uh, Dave Ramsey apparently has done nearly 9,000. Okay, so that's what I've got to aim for, you know. John Lee Dumas has done 2,000. So I just don't see it as anything other than doing, do a day, doing something a day to add to it. And after a year, you've done 365 things that lead to somewhere. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And not just because you use do a day in in what you just said. It's just, (laughs) it's look, if this is who you are and what you do, you could look at your life the same way. You don't say, well, I've lived this many days. When do I, you know, you wouldn't even question that. This is a part of you. And when you're, it's when you're doing something you care about, you love, it's aligned with your values, it's having an impact, then there is no count. It's just what you do. 
and you just keep on doing it. And that's brilliant. I was going to ask you when you were saying we, you know, we're doing this, I said, is there really going to be a team that you hit on that? So I'm glad to hear that. It's not the royal we. It's not that it's all going to be on you still. So you will. A lot of it is going to be on me. Yeah. You know, a lot of me, I've got to get it to the point where I can get people to buy into it and get the organization. And that's the key thing. The organization, especially when you're global and you're linking with people across the world, they've got to know instantly directly what days they've got to do things and when it's going to be occurring and stuff because what you want to do you want to get to a point where you delegate out and i'll give you an example i'm going to get people that come through the course and the two people that i'm working with they will get 30 percent of the income i'll get um, 40 percent and then i'll bring another income stream in you know so i'm looking at that i will have to do minimum work but it's up to me to carry on podcasting and bringing the leads in to sort of push it through the business sure. That it, it's all exciting, and um, now I know why I stopped getting your email blasts. So that makes yeah. sense, <laughs> yeah. um, David. I, I've I've so appreciated having you on here, and where what I'm left with is when I walked away from doing your show, I spent much of that day reflecting and and being introspective. Just the way that you drew my story out of me got me to think about myself more. I'm feeling that brewing, having talked to you again. So I'm really thankful that you came on today and just shared, you know, your story. And, and I think it's so crucial for people to see that it isn't as simple as we think it is for anyone. Um, but I love this phrase you use is be a category of one, that there's, there's a lot of power in that. And, uh, yeah, we get caught up so. in, yeah, we get caught up in this competition mindset, which, you know, it has its benefits, but it also has its costs. And be mindful of that, especially if you're doing something that transcends just doing better than someone else. Like that's not anybody's true life purpose. So I, I think that's a really inspiring way to think about it. Where can people get in touch with you or not in touch with you? Because that's not what's important. You're not doing the email and cell phone and all or cell phone, mobile smartphone whatever. well funnily enough i am if they come over to the facebook join up dots page and leave me a message i record voice messages and um you will get a personalized response oh, that's back really to me um and so that's the way i do it i just turn on the microphone and for an hour i respond in audio film more often than not or i will respond on a podcast episode so literally every single person that does connect with me i think not even literally i think every single person does get a personalized response from me um and it's a quick way of doing it and it bridges that gap yeah. it bridges that gap from them thinking that i am somebody of worth to them thinking actually he's just an idiot that started <laughs> earlier than me you know and i i love that i love that feeling and i'm very open with it saying to people you know no matter who you look at they were an idiot that couldn't even do that first thing you know, and but they've just carried on doing it and they've got better and better and better. So never look at the sexy stuff now, but go back in time. Yeah, it, it brings possibility back into the mix. I love that. Yes. So they can find you on Facebook. How do people, you know, how do people follow the show? And, and of course, I'll put all of this in the show notes, but just share where can we find you and, and see what you're doing? 
well, if you go over to Google and you type in join up dots, you will find me. It might be my kind of half done hacked website. I'm still waiting for the website guys to sort of get their backsides into gear. God, they've taken a long time. Um, or you can just go over to iTunes and type in join up dots and you will find me. And there's literally a thousand shows now. Um, all of them have got something in there. And uh, that's what I love about the podcast. I might record a show that doesn't really hit home to me, but then I get response from people going, oh, I loved that. And so I, I think there is a there's a message waiting for everyone. Yeah, and I, I would highly recommend for everyone. It's not just really entertaining. And I think you get that from listening to David today that, you know, you've got this great energy and, and it makes for a very fun show, but they're entertaining and incredibly inspiring and educational for your life, which is, you know, even more valuable. So this is, you know, it's a show that it's on my list and people are like, well, what do you listen to? What do you recommend? This is a no-brainer for me because I don't walk away from any episode not entertained and not um, smarter for having listened, or Thanks, or maybe beating myself up a little bit about like, yeah, that was a thing that I really wasn't putting the time into thinking about for myself, and now I have something more that I can do for myself to be better. So I I've appreciated your show a ton, and that's why I wanted you on here. Well, uh, we are more more than, I, I, you know, there's every now and again you meet somebody, and this is out to the listeners, and this isn't just blowing smoke up Brian, but there's every now and again you speak to somebody and you think, oh, I'd like to have a beer with this guy. I think we could sit there and really put the world to rights. Brian's got that, and because he's got that, it translates. He's a heart. He cares. You know, he loves what he's doing. He loves his family. He loves his business, and I think that comes across. So if you're looking to connect with anyone to help you move on to where you want to be i would thoroughly recommend brian and get him to buy the first round if he's in a pub <laughs> well and i don't drink so it makes it so much easier so you end up with <laughs> two beers right Perfect. yeah and actually i do owe you that is you know we've talked before that i come across in london i've got some trips brewing so if there's if there's uh some space to get together i'll, I'll let you know when i'm coming out because it would be great to buy you that beer and just connect in person so i will give you a heads up yeah. on that we'll be up on that yeah well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this. And let's leave it just reminding people that today's a new day. Go out and do it. Yeah, excellent. Thanks so much, David. Have a great one. Cheers, Brian. Thanks, mate. Man, David Ralph. Is he not awesome? He's got such energy and drive. Like You, you can tell in five seconds, this man is a force to be reckoned with. I... I loved being on his show. I love listening to his show because he just drives, like drives forward and gets that message out. And it's pretty awesome to hear someone who is that way and has so much success. Like you guys may not even realize how huge his show is globally, but then to hear that, you know, he's been through a lot and not just, you know, the, the healthcare that he talked about since he went full bore into his show, but even just to get there. And that he wasn't always this way. So I think that's pretty cool because that to me is the message that you can still achieve despite whatever you tell yourself about what's possible. So thank you, David, for being on the show. That was awesome. So glad to have him here. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm really blessed that I got to share my story of do a day with him and so happy that he came back and reciprocated by coming on the do a day podcast and sharing his story. So I will link to my episode on his show so you guys can check that out. And you got to hear David in action. But just check out his show anyway. Subscribe regardless. Like It's awesome. You can go to joinupdots.com. 
and search for it on iTunes. Like it's really easy to find. It's super popular. So, you know, it's, it's right up there. It'll come up right away. He's got a lot of episodes. I mean, good for you if you want to start from zero and go through, but there's some big names in there and, you know, search through the catalog and see which ones resonate and have a listen. So joinupdots.com or just Google joinupdots iTunes and you'll get right to the iTunes page that they have set up there. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I'm either at do a day book or at Brian Falchuk. You can get me either way. Probably more active with Brian Falchuk, but I check them both. So no worries. Thank you so much for listening today. And, you know, like Dave and I said, today is a new day. Go out and do it. Thanks, everyone.